brother with some dreadlocks Put some ice on her neck, it like a headlock I bet the price that they pay for the paycheck If they pay less, we gon' be on say less In a fresh shirt, looking like a new tee I be on Bruce Lee, baby, in my blue jeans If you tryna see me, then you better come and get me Get it like a hippie, since you catch me, baby, this that she too young, boy, she don't know I bet a Uber of them pull up to the front door She turned 23, she Jordan with the Levi Honey B saw me how to make a beeline Running knee high, running on the knee high Ever since the T-Lie, running back Baby, what you like, I'ma order that Ten times, ten times, that's a summer stack Summer stack, summer stack, to the summer soul If I start to slur, that my brother fall If they start to chat, then it's time to leave They ain't going nowhere, man, they on the leash On the leash, on the leash, call me up All these keys toy around like a talking truck Hit the beat, with the Jeep, we can back it up Hey, we can back it up Put some ice on her neck, it like a headlock That's the price that they pay for the paycheck If they pay less, we gon' be on say less Welcome back to another episode of Opinionated Off Topic. Today we got a very, very, very special guest. We got David Kuna Lakai yes, in the sir. building. Yes, sir. Make some noise. Make some noise. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Long overdue. One of the most important people. For a minute. Long overdue. Long overdue. Long overdue. Uh, and I'll be honest, wasn't if, if if you weren't there in the beginning, man, I don't know man. where we would have started off or where we would be. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. No. For real. You, you, you've helped us out a lot for real. And it was just like yeah. this might be something small to you, but it was big to us, you know? Just planting like, some seeds. Y'all have yeah. the vision and everything, what I can do to help, what I can do to help. You know what I'm we saying? We appreciate that. But um, yeah, long, long, long overdue. Um, glad we're finally here. <laughs> finally in action. Right? Finally get to do it. We've been talking about it for a minute now and finally, finally got to link up. Yeah, I finally got to link up. And it's just been crazy because I remember you were telling me about David when, we, when I was in school, I think. Just talking about getting the equipment and stuff. My senior year, you were like, all right, we got to start the podcast. So he told us to get these mics and these mixers and things like that. And it's just, it's just crazy to see it all come together, even like the the logos at the beginning and <laughs> all that Lord. stuff, bro. It's super dope. One thing to clarify. Go ahead. Uh, I introduced myself by Kuna to literally everybody I know Bet. at this point. Uh-huh. I Do mean, it. that's just like how yeah. far our relationship goes. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Anybody watching this is going to be like, Kuna, why are they calling him David? Yeah. Well, Dave is my birth name, uh, but it's Kuna Lakai to all y'all, uh, except for family. So for yeah. sure, that's why it is. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of birth name, tell us a little about a little bit about yourself. Where you from? Where you, where you where you started your your, your wee boy ages? Yeah, yeah. So uh, born in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, so did my thing as a Southern boy for a, for a minute. Uh, I didn't know you from. I didn't either. I thought really? you. Were, I thought lot. you were from. Cali. Yeah, yeah. Well, ATL. See, all right. So that's the thing. Like, uh, I got that pretty boy E, but at the same time, like, <laughs> there's some more grit to it than like most Cali's. I feel yeah. like. Uh, no offense to you know them peoples, but uh, yeah. Uh, so born in Georgia, parents are both like uh, military folk. So like, not in the military, but Army and Air Force brats. So uh, Christian household. Um, that's why I don't swear on my verses or anything like that. Just trying to make the people proud and family happy and all that type of stuff. Moved out to Cali when I was 13. Um, and uh, felt like I fit in. I feel like both cities and areas I grew up uh, molded me into who I am today. Like, So I'm happy for both parts, but I don't feel like I really fit in either one of them. I feel mm-hmm. like I was like a little m- more like... 
I don't even know how to call it, but like Austin is in the middle of uh, California and Georgia geographically, and I also feel like culturally. So I feel like I fit here pretty well. It makes more sense to be here or whatever. The vibe here is just is different for it's sure. It's different, is, yeah. Right? It's like a it's like a creative, but it's like I mean there's some conservative aspects to it, but it's also like very liberal at the same time. So I feel like uh, it's a cool place for me to drop roots because I feel like there's a lot of people I can relate to and like have real conversations with. And I feel like, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot going on in the city at the same time. But yeah, so uh, I don't know, man. From Moving uh, from, we'll get back to LA in a minute, we'll Cali in a minute, but moving from Cali to here, was it a big like culture shock or is it, because from what I've known, like Austin is very accepting of people no matter who you right. are, what you look like, what you do. It's just in a very accepting place. That's just how we are. Yeah, um, yeah. Did you feel that or is it a little bit different? So I would say it was very easy to move to Austin just because, uh, I don't know if you know, I'm, I'm from the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So that's like the birthplace of the hippie movement. And mm-hmm. if you spend a lot of time in Austin, you know there's a lot of hippie people mm-hmm. out here and like that's a whole part of the culture. Mm-hmm. So I think like that whole chill, like let's all just like love each other and like figure some things out type situation that Austin has. It's a very creative, artistic city. Um, for that reason, I feel like it was an a easy thing to like lean into just because like there's just so many creatives doing creative things. And uh, that's exactly what I moved here to do. Yeah. So I felt like Austin embraced me and I embraced the city back. That's dope. That's dope. Um, taking it back to Cali, growing up there, did, before uh, your kuna came along was there anything that you did before that like did you play sports there did you just were you just a normal person there like how was that yeah i mean i guess uh football was my first love yeah so um living in california uh i won two state championships AD. okay yeah yeah okay what side were you on uh, North from Northern California, yeah, yeah. North so the CIA, CIA right? High school, we bleed yeah. green, you know what it yeah. is. Um, but yeah, we got uh, two state championships out there. Uh, then went from there to University of Arizona, where uh, I just, you know, spent four years getting a, a business degree. Um, middle of sophomore year, missed the sport, <laughs> so walked on the team. Thank God, uh, I had that type of talent and people backing me to train me. And uh, just coaches along the way to, like, give me the fundamentals that, like, could take you to college. Because mm-hmm. hey, young athletes, remember the fundamentals will take you to college. Like, if you focus on that, that will set you apart from talent a lot of the time. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I was at University of Arizona playing football when I realized, like, my love for the sport isn't what it was. Because, mm-hmm. like, high school football and college football are two completely oh, yeah. different things, you know? And it became very business-focused and less about, like, the love of the game. And so um, that was hard for me, being someone who was, like, invested to the emotional side of the sport. Like, I loved fighting for my teammates. I loved my teammates fighting for me. And I would do that day in, day out, workout-wise, whatever it was. Like, I had my people, they had me. And um, when I didn't see that reciprocation uh, on the college side of it, uh, I guess... I unearthed what I was truly passionate about, which was music. So that's kind of where like the birth of Kuna came into play. Was like when I was at U of A. What would you? What position did you play football? Uh, cornerback. Even at Arizona. Even at Arizona, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, I'm quick. I'm light on my feet. All those things. Okay. Uh, if I had been 20 pounds heavier, maybe I would have gone to the league. But you I know, feel you. <laughs> no place for a skinny boy in the no, in, facts. In D1 football. Facts, so, you know, facts, yeah. facts. <laughs> um, so what? 
Did you play all four years football or no? At U of A? Yeah. Uh, nah. I so just, you walked yeah. on your sophomore year? Yep, just played that year out and mm. um, left after that. Our team went to a bowl game. So that was a, a, a 16 or 17-week season. And uh, I was like, bro. Long draining. Yeah. Long draining. And I'm talking about, like, waking up at 5 a.m., hitting a workout, go to class, um, and definition of the walk-on, I had no scholarship. I wasn't getting paid for none of this. So it just, like, it didn't make sense to me. My, my overall grades were going down. So I was like, if I want to go to grad school, yeah. like, of course, it looks good to be on the football team. But, like, your GPS look a certain type of way as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, I did the cost-benefit analysis and it didn't really make yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're, this is kind of, not really off talk, but you're a prime example of, like, you got to wake up at 5 a.m., eat, go to class and all that. When the NIO deal passed, were you a fan of that? Like, Were you like, yeah, they deserve to be paid? It's a full-time job. Like, I don't think – I mean, if anything, just the opportunity cost. Like, uh, as a student, um, you're spending all these hours already in class, so there's – already a lot of time taken mm-hmm. away from you to go and make money mm-hmm. uh so when you add sports on top of that i i think it's only fair to be some type of uh to you know Compensate. compensated for your time yeah. and um especially when you know that like you are putting work into an organization that is making money so if if the school wasn't profiting off of the sport then it wouldn't matter but like since these organizations are making millions of dollars off of literally the sweat I put in practice and workouts, it only makes sense. It's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah. I was, like, eating, like, there, and was it, like, is it as bad as they kind of make it seem to be, or did you actually get fed like that? I mean, yeah. Shit, they do. They did. (laughs) Yeah. Not me. Yeah, you and me, we were eating good. Anything. Uh, So, I mean, I guess that was a fair type of compensation. We had a a kitchen that was open, uh, I mean, 12 to 14 hours a day. All you could eat, burger, pasta, tacos. Steak and lobster. And all that, <laughs> yeah, all that. Right. You know, if, if, you, if you're a star player, they say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If, if, what were they, they feeding if they were you, Cam? Huh? What were they feeding you, Lunchables? Bruh, you don't even want to know. We asked Sedexo. <laughs> what, what was it? Yeah, so Sedexo. That's what they, that, if people don't know what Sedexo is, that's what they, you know, feed people in the jail jail system. <laughs> so Did they really? Yeah. But we had, but there's like tiers of Sedexo. You was out there. Because like. I'm saying, you was in the penitentiary. Nah, they have like tiers of Sedexo. They have like. They have like jail Sodexo, and then they have like when we'd have catered events, they'd have Sodexo. I'd be like, damn, this is good, but we didn't get that all the time though. So how much how much weight did you gain between like your freshman year to your senior year? <laughs> a lot, just because we had a this coach named Coach Crawford. He played at Baylor, and a he used to bring up. Did you did you off the weigh and stuff and make weight during camp? Did you do a camp? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Pff, bruh. Yeah, yeah. When they get that scale out there, that was the worst thing ever, bro. Especially because you know, like eating eating in the morning, mm-hmm. bro. Like one time, yeah. drank a bunch of water, threw yeah. it up. Like you just had See, to make weight, though. I'm so, what well, what happened if you didn't make weight? You had to stay there until you made weight from the previous night. So whatever you weighed at dinner, you had to weigh that in the morning with Coach Crawford. Oh, like after <laughs> after breakfast. Yeah, it was stupid. That's new to me. Uh, I don't that know anything shit. about that. Hey, it, 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 you didn't get hurt though. That's what it was for prevent injuries and stuff. Right. So. Yeah, because his coach was like a, a D one. He played at Baylor. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. Oh, uh, so he, 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 I guess he knew his stuff. Y'all ain't got hurt. Nah, yeah. he did. He did. He knew his. He knew um. His well, transition out of football. Where you said you're like neglecting your love for music. When did you find out like that was like your actual love, or how'd you transition into that part uh, of it? So I started writing songs in high school. 
Like, uh, the very first song I ever wrote was asking a girl to prom in junior high. Like, that's the first one I ever recorded and, like, sent to somebody to listen mm. to. Terrible, worst song. I hope nobody ever hears it. But <laughs> that, like, hearing myself on a mic at, like, 16, mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I want to do this. And so from that point on, I was writing lyrics daily. And so 16 on, like, that's just been, like, as normal of a habit as working out for me. And so um, I realized when I didn't want to go to football workouts, but I still wanted to write, that I was more passionate about this than I was that. So, um, yeah. So I guess, like, uh, I I was on the bus riding to games showing, like, my teammates beats that I had made or, like, raps that I had written. So uh, it took me a while to accept that, like, because, you know, it was so built into me um, coming from a competitive and sports household where, like, I think in sports you are rewarded for um, your successes more directly than you are in the field of music. So, like, if you try hard or if you train hard, you work with a good team. Uh, at the end of the season, you have a playoffs, and you can see how you compete against other people. Mm-hmm. In the realm of music, you can work, 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 get better than all these people. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, the person who you're better than will still get recognized. Yeah. You. So it, there's, like, a hesitation in being, like, this is really what I want to do and all of that type of thing. So all the emotions, da 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 But at the end of the day, like, I knew I wanted to do music back when I was doing football and it just took a while it like rose like a pimple (laughs) you know what I mean it's just like uh, I can't ignore that anymore why do you think that is like why what what in music makes it so hard for you to get recognized over somebody else is it more of like a marketing thing or they just know somebody that you don't or like how like why why is that yeah uh I mean I think there are a lot of factors that come into play um I think one of those things is like I was reading this book about what's popular and why it's popular. And I think a lot of people are attracted to things that they know other people already like Mm -hmm. because it's hard to be a first adopter. Mm -hmm. So when you're trying to break through in music, people like you, all right, cool, they'll listen to your music in private, but until you have people sitting next to each other conversating about the fact that they love you and then Mm -hmm. it becomes cool to listen to your music, that's when everything kind of takes a different turn. So... um, it, I mean, it's yeah. doable. There's been career after career showing that it's possible. Yeah. But uh, that's just like, I guess, the uh, I don't know the the hard part about it, in a sense. Yeah. Um, no, I I understand that because it's it's just due to the fact that like, I mean, I think a lot of us, everyone here, is like big hip hop heads, music heads, etc. But it is one of those things like, for example, showing Carl's Trippy Red for the first time, or like any of these like artists that were like on different sounds at the Mm -hmm. time it's just it was like hard to show other people that because like i like this but it's like it's not or like mumble rap like all that stuff was like not what people were listening to so like being an artist and like even the way your music is which we'll get into later trying to expand that sound and not doing what everyone's doing i already understand like that totally just (laughs) because it's just a challenge yeah because you you don't want to be like everyone else and it's easy to make the same sound as someone and you know to get that notoriety but I don't know. The breakthrough isn't going to feel as authentic when that happens if you do it like that. So yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah for it's sure. True. It's true. Did you have something? Yeah, I was going to ask. You said you were writing um, while you were playing football. Would you say that's like your favorite part of the process, or do you prefer making beats, or 
Like, what is your favorite part of the process of making music? I think it's evolved over time. I think, like, back in that phase, uh, I was scared of my own voice, but I still wanted to express myself through music. So while I was playing football, um, honestly, that was fear. Like, I didn't want anybody to know what I sounded like on a mic. I didn't want anybody to listen to what I had to say and be like, yo, that's whack. Like, don't do this. So I guess I was, like, kind of shielding and protecting myself in a way, kind of taking the Kanye approach in a sense of, like, mm-hmm. if I can produce good enough music, people will take me seriously. So uh, I was just spending hours on hours on hours, like, making instrumentals because, I mean, I don't know how much you know about sports, but everybody loves to rap. So I was like, if I can make beats people will rap to, then they'll take me serious in the music. Mm-hmm. And I got to that point. I saw, So that's why I started showing people my beats because people liked my beats. So, but... Uh, you know, the more after football, while I was spending time with the music, what I realized is I love music because it gives me an avenue to express myself. Um, and I thought that I wanted to do it just sonically, but I realized that I am pretty good with a pen and uh, actually saying what I feel, even though sometimes it gets abstract. For sure. Yeah. So, hearing music now, and then you're saying people rap to the beats, did you start off as, like, as a rapper? Or did you make rapper-type beats first? Because, like, if you hear music now, it, that's far from it. Yeah. I don't know if I understood that question. So, 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 like, when you first started making beats, were they more rap beats? Because, like, now they're more of, like, a chill, melodic beat. Because gotcha. you said people on the bus would, like, start rapping to your beats. Yeah. Um, so, like, so, like did you start off? Like, like, like boom bap, like traditional, like just like, like drums and like yeah. Because yeah, I was gonna say, did you start off like right. would you did you say would you say you started off as a rapper and then went to like more of a melodic person or is it like yeah. so I, I studied while I was making beats. I think I was making a lot of um, uh, there's like a style in the bay. So it was like a bass style where I was using like a lot of synths and a lot of um, samples. I used a lot of soul samples and um, started in Logic. Or no, started in GarageBand, ended up in Logic. So uh, started, you know, started with the boom bap loops. Ended up starting making my own drum patterns, but they were definitely like West Coast feels. I think if you listen to my beats or the like my my more recent songs, I think those sound like professional versions of what I was trying to achieve. Okay. Like somebody had the same vision and feel that I was going for and made it happen and I think that's kind of what the power of the internet is is like you can come in contact with people that you never would really meet but um, I think a lot of like the soul but like hard 808s is something that's signature in the bay and I think somebody had been practicing that before I even like caught on to making beats and uh, it's been working but yeah that's dope um, how how'd you you introduce yourself as Kuna how'd you come up with the name Kuna Lakai man uh I wish I remembered. So there's one person. <laughs> no, listen. There's one person in particular uh, that I remember calling me Kuna first, and his name is Keenan Miller. That's my homie for for life. Uh, we were roommates back in Arizona. Um, he, I met at a party because he was just playing some of his beats. Yeah. Had a mic out because he just like he's just one of those kids. Like he just like recording people and like seeing what things could do and be. So we were at a party. He played some of his beats. Uh, 
I freestyled a written. <laughs> and <laughs> he was like, yo, that's fire. Da, 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 da. We should work together. Ended up being like one of my best friends. And like, um, yeah, I, I remember him being the first one to call me Kuna. Uh, Kuna being short for Kuna Matata. Like just some chill, wavy, forget yeah. about it, no worries. And I feel like that's kind of a mantra that I've taken on. Um, but yeah, and then uh, the last name, Lakai. Uh, it was God given while I was in Hawaii. I was I was chilling on the beach. Uh, I believe it was Maui. Maui's and, um It just made sense at that time. Like I don't even know where I heard it from. We were riding in the car. I remember it. Like riding back to our hotel, and it was like Lakai, and I was like, that, yeah. That's dope. Cause that's I mean sometimes it just sticks with you. Cause yeah. like I, when we came up with our name, I was just talking to somebody, and I just said the name like opinionated. When I said it, it just felt right. It just like it just stuck yeah. with me. I was like, opinionated. That's I was like, I like that because it yeah. took us forever to come up with the name. I'm and, ask. and then just, just talking to somebody's like opinionated. And I was like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, like it makes sense. Yeah, it, it makes sense. sense. Yeah, yeah, true that. T- talking about like you becoming Kuna Lakai, what type of musical influence did you have growing up? Like that helped make you who you are now. Grew up in. Uh, so I grew up in a Christian household. So if it had swear words, I couldn't listen to it until I got my own MP3 player in middle school. So I was listening to like a lot of, I mean, a lot of gospel music, a lot of uh, old soul music. So like a lot of Isley Brothers, Temptations, Marvin Gaye, mm-hmm. Teddy Pendergrass, all that. And then uh, I have two older sisters. So um, listen to a lot of Lauryn Hill. Um, and uh, me personally, I got really attached to like Outkast, that style. Um, Kanye, of course, I keep mentioning his name. Uh, and then, like old Kanye, we gotta talk about like late registration. <laughs> I gotta set the record straight because a lot of people are gonna hate on me for being a Kanye fan. I saw a meme saying like, uh, number one red flag right now is being a fan of Kanye. So I had to, <laughs> I had to set, I had I to feel like that that's straight. ignorant. It is kind of ignorant. Like that man did a lot of great things. He's still doing a lot of great things and history will never forget him. He's, he's, a, he's a genius. He's just marketing. That's what it, I tell he's him. He's definitely yeah. a staple in the culture. I tell everyone he's just marketing. 100%. I mean, he says it all the time. No no other artist has the the um, the run that he's had. Like right. his first five projects are all yeah. classics. Oh, yeah, all the time, bro. Yeah. And then besides that, uh, Tribe Called Quest has to be on the list. That's nice. Um, who else? Uh Random, but not so random. I feel like people don't really give Kirk O'Banes as much credit as he kind of deserves with mm. that Drinking My Cup song. Mm. Like, he kind of changed the radio in a lot of ways. It did. Like, that sounds like I, I, I listen to some of my stuff and I'm like, yo, that's still kind of birthed from that feel. Yeah. So, um, like, you know, not what he's saying or anything, but just like the style. No, it, it's super like, yeah, it's like right around music. It's, it's just it's, a vibe. Yeah, it, yeah it's exactly. Yeah, it's and nice. Then, you know, uh, Drake and J. Cole, I. I look at who I consider to be the greats and um, try to study from them. So both of those two artists, like, I know a lot of their lyrics. I know a lot of their hooks. I study, like, how they end their bars, like, why they move from that rhyme scheme to that rhyme scheme there instead of opposed to there. Um, what's too long of a rhyme scheme, all of that type of situation. So, uh, but, yeah, I guess, I mean, the names that I had named were just a few of who I listened to. But yeah. Yeah, See, I remember. Oh, go ahead. No. Well, I was gonna go ahead. Good. Well, I was gonna yeah. say just a memory that we had together. We were in um, Dungeon Bar working together. So mm-hmm. the way Dave and I met was at Top Golf when he just moved here from from Cali, and then 
just became cool since. But um, you were just finishing. What were you finishing? Bro, first of all, you were rude when I first met you. <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, this is what I did. Yo, what did I do? I didn't hear about this. Real quick. No, I'm, I'm not. I mean. No, no. Go ahead. What did I do? You're just the type of person to like, um, you feel people out before you like really befriend them to, to a certain extent. You know yeah, what I mean? You're kind of yeah. like, and which is something I appreciate because I do the exact same thing. I feel people out. I want to see like what their ambitions are, like, what they're going for before, like, because I, I pride myself on not being friends with anybody fake. So, like, I put them through, like, an authentication test. Yeah, Probably yeah, yeah. did not yeah, say yeah. that right. No, I get what but you're saying. A yeah. test of authenticity. There uh-huh. we go. That yeah. sounds better. Yeah. Uh, something like that. But, like, yeah, bro. <laughs> I'll never forget. That's funny. You were, like, one of those people who was, like, what's up, bro? Like, Bro, <laughs> <laughs> hey, just keeping it real. You feel me? Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh! No, back uh, to the dungeon. That's funny. I, I, that, that was the first time I got that. But um, no, we we're in Dungeon Bar, and then you were writing. I don't know if you're writing a. I don't know if this was a time where you're doing dropping a single a week, or you're finishing that. I can't remember. Um, but you're like. I was like, look, dude, listen to this. The new J Cole that came out because um, I think this is when Revenge of the Dreamers three came out, mm-hmm. and. Um, I was, you're like I can't like I'm in I'm in my writing mode. I don't like to listen to music when I'm in my writing mode. Mm-hmm. So we're we're in Dungeon Bar and you're you're making you're you're making something and and um, I was like, dude, listen to the new J. Corey. Like, I can't because when I when I'm when I'm doing a project, I, I don't like to listen to other music. Mm-hmm. And because um, the reason I'm bringing this up because you pointed out like I can tell when they do this this and this and this. And I didn't notice it till you said it, but um, it was the very last song on Revenge of the Dreamers three, the just the regular version. Mm-hmm. Um, J. Cole's last part on Sacrifices, like he starts off like a chill rap, and he goes to like flowing, and then he goes to like singing. And you're like, damn, he just did this 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 and this all like that, and it just sounds smooth. And um, not many people can like point that out. Like, just not everybody has an ear for that. Right. Yeah, right. it's just crazy. Yeah. But see, this is another thing that I took from uh, sports. Like, there's a difference between watching people play football and then studying film. So mm-hmm. I listen to people like studying film. So I break apart every component of what they're doing. So mm-hmm. I mean, again, something about music that I learned from sports. It, it just no, I, that, I get you on that for does sure. Does that tie together a lot? Like sports and like music? I, mean, I think it does. Like, uh, I forgot who said it, but like every artist wants to be. A ball player and every ball player wants to be an artist. Like, <laughs> I told him that. Yeah, and it, it's true. Yeah, it's and true. it's just like I don't know what it is about him. Maybe it's just like the competitive nature. And I, and if hip hop didn't exist, I don't know how true it would be. It might be just something about hip hop that like uh, the two just have a lot in common about. Like if it was soul or jazz, I don't know if it'd be the same story. Yeah, it might do you be think like you have an advantage over other artists, being that you played at a collegiate level. And mm. the things that that taught you to to become the artist you are now, yeah, just like just off work work ethic alone, like I I have a very Kobe mentality to how I write music. Mm. Like I'm like, y'all might be better than me on this one song, or you might have songs that are better than any song that you've heard from me. But I guarantee you, no artist will spend more time writing music or in the studio than me, and. Uh, that's something I take very serious is like uh, outworking people like there's not a single artist I've met in Austin that writes more than me Uh, there's not a single artist I've met personally that writes more than me so uh, that's something I take pride in and I think that's something that I learned 
from playing college sports is like, I mean, at the end of the day, the chips fall where they lie, but I did everything I could, and no one's going to be able to tell me different. So. Feel that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Just with Do you this. think you'll ever <laughs> drop like an EP of just a bunch of the songs that you've written that haven't made the cut yet, or do you think? I have to. Like throwaways? So I was, I mean, uh, it's so weird. It's getting to a point where it's almost uncomfortable to think about how much of my life that people will not hear if I don't put it out. Because I literally have 10 hours of recorded music that has never been released. So, I mean, you think three minutes a song, like what it takes to get to 10 hours. <laughs> That's insane. So, like, I don't know. Like, I have to... Not everything that people will see, because, you know, that's like putting out every rep. (laughs) But at the same time, like, I got to. And maybe it'll be when I'm established and I'm, like, proud of where I'm at and I know people know what I can do. I'll be like, hey, if you find some gems, like, here you go. Go gold digging. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know what it's going to look like. I do think that at the end of the day, I'll put a 100 songs online at one time and say, like, for the people who really care, you might find some things that, like, nobody else will hear, but... Sure. At least it's not gonna. I'm not gonna die with it on my laptop. So now, you, those ten hours, do you think, or are those from like songs you wrote going through hardships, or like just like feel good vibes, or is it a good mix? Is, yeah, it's it's the day to day. It's like all the vibes you go through, just living as a person, like the celebrations, the morning, the heartbreak, the you know what I mean. Um, excited, I just got a new job. Like it's all of them. So do you? Uh, is that like hard to like? make collective projects like you record all this music but then you gotta like pick and choose like I want this on this project or this is a certain sound so like how hard is that yeah uh hard honestly (laughs) like because in any any so as far as I've created songs um I haven't created any concept projects like I haven't okay started and been like this is what I want to convey I just write songs daily and be like all right that season I was working on music what were the top 10 12 songs on that out of that and i put them on a project and usually there's a commonality there's a theme between them just because it was from the same time period okay so it works but um cutting songs is a process in and of itself and um i typically like lean on other people and their Mm. ears for that because you know it's kind of like aborting a child every time (laughs) you're like that song's not gonna make it so um I don't let people tell me what should and shouldn't be on it. I just ask them what their favorites were. So it's a different like phrasing, and it like yeah. helps me uh, understand where different songs sit in the equation. But um, yeah, it's it's not easy to decide. No, nah, that's important, bro. Because I mean, just just like you said, like going through that music, shifting through that music, I couldn't even fathom how like long that's gonna take. And then just too, like you said, you're writing stuff for different seasons, and that ear too is important. Like, yeah. I don't know. I couldn't, because I mean, you might think you're doing some something that's nice or whatever, because it's your music, you're gonna love it, or you're also your hardest critic too. <laughs> but I mean, sometimes it's all. It is always good to you know people you trust to show them it, because if they really you know mess with you, they're gonna be honest about it. Yeah, and, and that's the important part, right? Is keeping pe- yeah. good people in your circle. Like, I don't want no yes man. Like, I want people. Yeah, like, exactly. Tell me exactly what they're thinking. Like, that's it. That's not it. You know what I'm saying? So. Now, have you gone with your gut against what people have said? Like, you know what? Like, even though I got this collective feedback, it's like, you know what? My gut says I need to put this on there. I haven't had to do that. Okay. I mean, I'm not to say that there's going to be a day where, like, I don't have to. But usually I feel like 
if I'm feeling really good about a song and I play it for somebody, they feel really good about it too, you know? Um, I think, I mean, yeah, yeah. Maybe one day there's like something that's like super inspired where there's like a message I want to get out or something like that and it doesn't sound good enough sonically, but at the same time it has all the feel that I just had to get out. And I imagine that being the time that I would do something like that, but yeah, I haven't gone there. Going back to, because uh, I, 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 for a while I've been meaning to ask you this question, um, but you, you answered it earlier, but you not cussing in the music. Um, is that something that, like, you'll always do, or is that something just because that's what you grew up, like, he, not hearing it, and it's going to be more for everybody rather than a small portion? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I can't sit here and pretend like I know what I'll forever do, but, like, as I am right now, I don't see that changing just because of... Um, even from the business perspective, like the market marketability of just like having songs that people can play with their four-year-old in the car and not have to listen to the radio version. Like no matter where you go, I want people to know if they listen to Kuna Lakai, like they don't have to be uncomfortable about what they might hear or what da 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 da. You know what I mean? It's gonna be like good tunes that they can play in front of anybody and I feel like that's something that I'm kind of founding my branding on. So I don't think it's something that would necessarily change. How hard is that to make music? I know you've been like doing it for a while, not mm-hmm. cursing, but like how hard is that to yeah, actually that's the same do? question? Uh, honestly, it's not difficult anymore. Okay. But there are times where like, I mean, we swear for emphasis. Right? Yeah, So like, exactly. there are times where I just want to like, uh, <laughs> I can't. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I like to think that it makes me be more creative with how I add the emphasis. Um, but yeah, there's a level of frustration that comes into play sometimes. And I, f- I feel like it's definitely harder to make a song without cuss words than it is to make a song with cuss words. 100%. They can be used as fillers on any that's what, I, yeah. that's what I was telling uh, CJ earlier because I was trying to like introduce him to your music and like kind of just introduce him to who you were. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, bro, it's so easy to just. I mean, you listen to rap all the time. You just, you know, when someone was running out of like something to say on a bar, like they couldn't gather their thoughts. So you just throw something in there, right. slang, cursing, anything. Like it's just, it sounds good, but it like lyrically, like pen level, it's, it's probably very easy. It's just like, oh, I just throw that in there real quick. That part. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like, <laughs> It always sounds good. It's like adding salt to like fries. Like, you know, yeah. it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, for um, your last project is the first project that I've heard with somebody else on it. Mm. Is that something that you want to do more of in the future or that you still want to stay away from or did you, you're just finally like, all right, I can get into the groove of yeah. having people on. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just tough with other rappers. <laughs> like I take, I mean, I, I think it comes down to like having a lot of pride with what I do and almost like prideful to a fault in a lot of ways and I'm working on that uh, but when it comes to song like I lyricist or like not lyricist but um, lyrical melodic that's the word when I'm working with like melodic artists like people who can add hums and like uh, add dimension to like what it is I'm already doing that's super easy for me to collaborate with because I feel like they're just you know what I mean bringing out all the things that I do and like kind of just adding wax and making it sparkle uh like giving people creative freedom to just like go has been I have trust issues 
to say, <laughs> to say you yeah. know what I mean? And then, um, yeah, I, it's something that I want to do. I like, I think about, I think about Andre 3000 and what he was able to accomplish with Big Boy and like what within individual songs, uh, having two different voices can do as far as like keeping people's interest and attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially. Do you think it's more pride or you think it's more like, cause you said like you write like Kobe's mentality and Kobe was like, I never passed the ball because I saw the work that other people put in, and it wasn't to my standard. So you think it's more like that, or it's the same thing, exactly. But I, I think Kanye or Kanye, I think Kobe would have said that's pride too. And I think over the course of his career, he tried to practice better habits. Um, I, I mean, you know, Jordan liked to take the last shot every game, but you know, sometimes Steve Kerr hit the game-winning three. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think it only makes me a stronger artist if I can learn to let go and work with other people. And I think that's also how you liked Cole. That was like Cole's, like, you know, people would say he never worked with anyone. He never was on features. He never gave people verses. And then that's when people were considering him like a boring artist. And then as soon as he started, you know, getting on people's projects or when he made like Revenge of the Dreamers Mm -hmm. and having all these collaborative people on songs, that's when people were like, oh, J. Cole's good, like blah, blah, because he's working with other people. So do you think like that kind of – like, have you, like, looked at his pathway and then seen, like, maybe how his trajectory changed when he started working with people? Yeah, for sure. And, like, <clears throat> even the freedom that comes with, uh, like, working with somebody else and them. Sorry. You're good. Um, I mean, you just learn when you work with other people just through the process of collaboration. Uh, J. Cole, to your point, came with up with, like, so many new and interesting flows when he opened up his mind to working with other people because he was sitting in the studio and he was like, oh, that flow's crazy. Oh, I can use that flow and say all this, too? Wow. And then I think that's when, like, the new way started to adopt him a little bit more is when he started working with new artists and realized, like, there's new ways and you can still get your point across. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if somebody was to jump on track, like a rapper was to jump on track with you beforehand... Do you tell them not to cuss or just let them do what they do? That's one of the hardest reasons. Uh, that's Yeah, that's one of the reasons it's hard for me to let people come on my tracks is because of that. Is that if anybody were to be on my... I don't like limiting what people can and cannot say, but there are times I've asked people to change bars just to like make it... You know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah. I, I definitely encourage the people that I work with to keep it family appropriate but at the same time when I'm working with somebody I want them to be them and themselves you know so um, I mean I I think that's a a dance that I'm learning how to work in all honesty would how would I guess your closest people like your family feel about it would they feel a type of way a black guy at the end of the day it's like it's music it's what y'all do yeah I mean, I think my family at the end of the day knows who I am. They know my heart. They know what I'm about. So if they heard somebody else say something on my on a track or something, mm-hmm. they'd be like, well, that's where that person is. That's not that's a dope. reflection of who I am. Mm-hmm. That's you know? good. And so, yeah, and, and especially as, like, my voice gets bigger, I would hope that I can give people a platform to share theirs. And if I'm giving somebody a platform to share their voice, I wouldn't want to be the person to say, you can't say that. Cause that's the whole thing we're fighting against in the first place. So what if you like, I guess what if someone asked you to get on their track and like, you're going to perform how you normally do, mm-hmm. but if they're cursing, doing whatever, does that either a limit you from getting on their track or would you get on it? And then, you know, since it's not yours, 
that it doesn't really affect you that way. Like, yeah. how, how's that go? Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm still very early J. Cole when it comes to okay. mentality. Okay, like, got you. I, I'm very selective about the people I do a feature with. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, A, the person, and A, the track in particular. Okay. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Were you nervous to show your family your stuff? Or were you, like, were they, like, the very first people you were, like, I just made this, like, I want to show this to them? Yeah, um... I will say I show my sisters well before I show my parents. Like, uh, I haven't always been clean <laughs> in my music, <laughs> right? So, like, as I've evolved as a person, I've had more things of quality or value to say. So the, the more that progresses, the more comfortable I am with sharing with my parents or anybody. But um, there was a long time where I would show my sisters and show my best friends. And, like, I remember it was at my birthday party <laughs> my birthday party like I was a Chuck E. Cheese or something <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was having dinner with some people on my birthday and one of my best friends told my parents that I rap uh, and I was like damn 21, 22 and the conversation and everything like the vibe it was just so awkward because I could see my dad's racing mind racing and all that because like I mean I, I went to you I went to a four year school for a business degree so like uh, just hearing I don't even know what that kind of shock would feel like if you invested all of this and like you have expectations for your kid and like I think it and honestly like I think that relationship was harder between my father and I letting him know <laughs> father this is so weird between my pops and I it's <laughs> 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 interviews bro you say yeah. weird words <laughs> but yeah between my pops and I and um, I didn't really want to let him know that uh, I was making music for a long time, even though I would have told my mom earlier and I did tell them, but like, it ended up being on his birthday that I showed him the Pure Music video, which is the first time he ever heard me on a song or any music of mine whatsoever. So, by the uh, way, if you haven't seen that video, y'all should go watch yeah, it. That's just fire. fire. I don't know why, but still to this day, it's like still my favorite song. Me too. I it's know, still I'm my favorite song because like you. Like, you have other great songs, but there's just something about that song. It's it feels just... so good. And a lot of ways, I think that was, like, God's way of saying you can do this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. at the end of the day, hold on to that because, like, that's, like, a proof of concept to a certain extent. So you you showed Pierre um, to your dad on his birthday. Yeah. How'd yeah. that go? Uh, I could tell he was excited. Like, um, and... I mean, if you've listened to Pure, you know it's like new age, like R&B style. It's vibey. So, like, I could tell, because my dad is a music head. Like, I told you all the music he put me on, like, in our house. Like, I listen to all of his records. He he does music. Like, that's what he's about. So, um, I was proud of it, and I showed it to him, and he had a genuine reaction of, like, not anger, but, like, like, he was proud of what his son had done, and that felt good. And, like, I think, like, since that moment of, like, watching me on screen and actually hearing me at the same time, he's, like, uh, one, been more supportive, but, two, like, encouraged and, like, pushed me to keep working at it and, like, even, like, to the point where he's, like, trying to uh, make connections with people that he knows and things like that. So Before you showed him that um, and after you showed him it, did you have, like, stress built up about it? Like, was it weighing you down? And then you finally told him you saw his reaction, like, Damn, that, that, felt, that felt good. And it, like, just took a weight off of you? I mean, yeah, 100%. Like, 
there was the nerves that come like pre-show, like anything like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? You're excited about it, but you're also like, well, what if he doesn't take it right? You know what I mean? But at the same time, it was one of those things I had to do for myself as an artist. Like him love it, him hate it. I had to like open up that door to um, prove to myself that I can take music seriously. Because if I can't show him, then how am I gonna show anybody else? So. Now, have y'all always been closer? Did that like bring y'all even closer? I mean, it definitely brought us closer. Uh, we've always been close, though. Okay. So uh, I think part of the reason it was hard for me to share with him is be- like not because there was distance, but because we were close. And we had had conversations about like what he had seen for me in my life. And like, I don't know. It was just one of those situations. Like, I- I'm a smart kid. I had good grades in high school. Like, every trajectory was saying I should be like an engineer or a lawyer or something like that. So for me to tell him I wanted to do music was like... So, um, yeah, it's just it's tough because it's like at the end of the day, your parents only want what's best for you. Right. But also at the end of the day, it's like you're your own person. You're going to do what you want to do regardless. You know, so that's like the tough part about it, because like you want to make your parents happy and proud. But you also want to do what you Mm want to do, because this makes you happy and proud. That's like it just sometimes it's hard finding that like median ground. And some some parents rock with it. Some don't. 100 percent. And I mean. I, Gary V wasn't popping at the time when all this was going down, but like one thing that I've heard him say, uh, I mean, post or whatever, he was just talking about how like kids who end up um, doing what their parents want them to do just to like keep that relationship what they think it should be end up building resentment towards their parents, and at the end of the day, the relationship becomes unhealthy and mm-hmm. not on right. So it's kind of like one of those pick your poisons. Like you can either feel caged and hate your parents where you can go do what you want to do or know that you... Not do what you want to do, but do what you know you should be doing because there is a big difference between those two things right there, but... For sure. Yeah. And on that note, I think Gary Vee even said the same thing. He was like, uh, parents show us what the world is now and kids show us what the world can be because, mm-hmm. like, you have all these kids that want to be pro streamers and that's actually a possibility now, you know? Yeah. And back 10, 20 years ago, that wasn't a possibility. Absolutely. And so for a lot of us to want to be creative... We were always told, like, no, nah, you're not going to make money being an artist. Like, you're going to be a starving artist. But the fact that that's a real possibility now mm-hmm. is because that, you know? Yeah. It's, well, I, mean, every, I mean, everything now. Before, like, when you yeah. said just uh, creative entrepreneurs, like, shit, even five years ago, this wasn't, like, a thing. And it's like, <laughs> like this, like, you're not going to you're not gonna go anywhere doing that. It's just, you're just wasting your money, wasting your time. But, like... Now there's platforms for all this stuff. It's like a bigger right. platform for music, streamers, this, that, right. like you name it. There's just yeah. bigger platforms. It's crazy. And too, like our our parents are all like in that weird age. Like their parents were like grinders, you know, like maybe baby boomers. I don't know. But they were like, you know, just go to college, work, and then like they, t- they get taught that. But our generation, I mean, I talk about it all the time with Carlos, Albert, CJ, you, anybody that's doing creative stuff. Like the amount of people our age is doing something very similar is like, really cool but also very eerie like it also is showing like the transition of us not working a regular job us doing our own thing us doing something that we want to do to make a living so Mm -hmm. it's it's very possible and like we're like the shifts like the generation after us it's going to be like super normal it's already normal but it's going to be like i mean a lot of industries are dying and content creation is becoming one of the most overnight scenes but you know that i that acid it in the textbooks is going to talk about uh, the industrial revolution and what that did for like car production and all of that and they're going to talk about the birth of the internet and what it did for industry and how it changed the economy mm-hmm. and all that and I feel like that's what we're kind of living through right now mm-hmm. it's like another industrial revolution in its own right 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, bro, I mean, yeah, you've got, like, people talking about, like, Facebook changing their name to Meta, you know? And, like, everything Spooky. that they're planning Absolutely. on doing. So, yeah. like, if the Industrial Revolution and then, like, the Internet's birth was that crazy, like, what is this going to be like? And especially with us living through the pandemic, like, mm-hmm. that changes so much. Absolutely. Literally. I'm, I'm kind of not concerned. I'm curious to see, like, what, uh, what the social scene or, like, how people end up socializing in the next 20 years, what that's going to look like, you know? It could be, like, some Ready Player One where we all just sit on our couches and meet at a bar and but drink beer in our own living room. I'm like, curious, too, know, because you know? everything's going to... Su- no, just because no, everything's know, going to, like, crazy. such a, like, a technology way, like a food menu, um, you start your car from a fucking app, like, I mean, everything's just going, like, technology right, that crazy, way, and so right. it's, like, with the metaverse, that's kind of what it is, is, like, you just, like, you go and hang out with your friends, you know, and that, like, I wonder if that's going to be, like, the norm of, like, right. it, it is. That's even going to add to a lot of industries dying. I mean, I think there's a Korean barbecue restaurant by airport that has, like, robots bring you the meat, like, dead ass. It's like a little cart yeah. robot. Wait, for real? Yeah, dead ass. Yeah. No, that's scaring me. K- You've been K- there? Yeah, K-Barbecue. Is it good? It is. I mean, the robot is very dumb. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, like a human a human being put the tray on the robot and told the robot what table to go to, and it's like bumping into things, and it just sits there. <laughs> like, that's not what it's always going to be. It's yeah. like, you know, it's it's infant stage, but... And, but it's still crazy. Like, it, it can do that. Right. And that's the scary part, too. Yeah, yeah. also, it's for me, it's, it's cool, but it's like, I'm very, like interactive like i'm very social like i don't want that aspect to die just because like it's convenient and you know people are gonna be like oh well, we can just meet online like i'm mm-hmm. like no like i'm an in-person kind of guy like right. i don't want to talk to you through the internet if i can go to your house or like unless it's like i'm super far but like i'm not trying to do that personally See, that's so that. weird for me because i'm so introverted but i don't know how i feel about this new age it's like, still like because i still though, enjoy yeah. like social interaction exactly but like I'd rather, I'd prefer being to myself. I don't know. I'm just so introverted. So I'm still, I have mixed feelings on the whole thing. I mean, I mean, bringing back to music, it's kind of weird and I'm excited and I want to be on the front uh, uh, with the leading wave of people who start doing like online concerts. I think that's going to be a huge thing. Um, During COVID, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah, like kind of what Travis Scott was doing with uh, Mm -hmm. the tiny desk. How do you feel about that? Astro World, or just do you think what happened at Astro World will make virtual concerts more of a thing? Ooh, I mean, it could. It's only a, a, a better reason to do it or like uh, start working on it. I mean, I'm sure there's some leading minds that are already on top of that. If I thought about it in my living room, somebody else is working. <laughs> oh, on for it. sure, you know <laughs> for sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, and and that's I think one of the the craziest things about where we're going with the whole virtual and uh, networking and socializing, I think it's going to be uh, one of the biggest tools of persuasion they're going to use for us to adopt it is that it's safer than what we've been doing. And uh, it, you, you're stay away from whatever viruses are now out or whatever. How, you know what well, I mean? how do you feel about that as artists then? Because like, if, if you're, I don't know if you've ever done it. I'm pre- I think you have, but have you, you, you've performed in front of a crowd. Doesn't you as an artist feed off the energy of the crowd though? 100%. Uh, at the same time though, I'm sure they'll figure out a way for like the artist to have a visual representation of all the people that are listening 
and they'll be able to like cue in and they're gonna do some type of feedback sensory. It's not gonna be the same. Like performing in front of a stadium with 20,000 people, like that, whatever that would feel like, is you can't uh, recreate that with a set of glasses. Like there's no way. But um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, that would be frustrating for me if they completely take that away. Well, I think that works to your advantage more because of the type of brand you want to build as far as being able to be played on Radio Disney and mm-hmm. 102.3, you know, for the people in Austin. Because yeah. look at how many kids have access to Roblox and Fortnite versus not a ki- not every single 12-year-old can go drive to Houston and go to Astro World. You know I what, what you're saying? I mean, yeah, it, it becomes more connected, but still disconnected at the same yeah. time. Yeah, like you get you more reach more people, but it's not as real of exactly. a connection at the same time. So exactly, and a lot of artists they live for like going on tour. Like, oh, I can't wait to like they make songs. Like, I can't wait to perform this right. front of people. Like, I want to see the world. Like, exactly. What's it, like, how does that happen? If I can do. Well, they prefer that I do everything from this one studio in L.A. Like, I want to go no, to Germany. Sure. That's I want to go to Moscow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's That'd be fair. dope. Yeah, like, it's, like, I don't, like, as um, they've both been to Astroworld. I, I haven't been, but I just feel like if I was an artist on there, I just use Astroworld because it's, like, one of the biggest festivals, if not the biggest festival that mm-hmm. we've seen in recent years. Um, just if I was an artist there or if I was Travis, just, like, hearing all that, just feeding off that energy all the time, yeah. it definitely gives you a different type of rush 100%. and then just like being in front of like a camera yeah. you're just like trying to get like yeah yeah it's, it's not gonna it's be the same version, right? at all yeah, you're just trying to like <laughs> get crunk and you just can't right you know, it's, that's like, it's just not the same yeah, 100%. i mean even like getting a little off topic but me and cj went and saw larry june and like he was like yeah like we've been he's like i've been performing so much and then like Austin, like y'all's energy, like made me like want to finish out this tour strong, and because like a lot of artists, like they go on tour and they get they get exhausted and stuff, but mm-hmm. a crowd in a certain city, you know, they might feed off that and it just re-energizes them, or they like might like oh I don't want to go record or like mm-hmm. the day to days we used to watch Logic like throw up and then go perform like yeah. stuff like that. It's like I don't know, like it, you just get that rush, like you're saying, you're not gonna get that. It's like you want you could be nervous, but you're like not gonna feel it, you know. Yeah. So you, you listen to Larry? Larry June? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good job, Larry. <laughs> Up there, you know what I'm saying? Hey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wish I went to his concert. Um, it was dope. But uh, there was other things that we had to do for a pin in it. But it, what yeah, it worked, Cam. Huh? What to rub it in? You were like, it was dope. And well, I mean, Carl's over here like, damn. Well, I was honestly, Carl, like, <laughs> he, 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 I'm glad he did what he did because, yeah, he had, we, he had to do that. Um, so. so since we're on the, the topic of it, do you how do you feel about shows? Do you like performing? Or are, are you a performer person? Would you rather perform all the time? Or like, how, how do you go about that? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, uh, I love shows. Yeah. <laughs> like all the emotions you just said, the adrenaline, lo- adrenaline rush, all that. Um, so I was doing more shows back in California than I've been doing in Austin, and I think that was one of the hardest things to accept because like. Out there, I had opened up, I don't know if people know Bay Area rappers, but Keek the Sneak, he's like a, a Bay legend. I had opened up for him in Oakland, and like I was doing shows, selling tickets, all that type of thing, and then came here and felt like I was starting on Ground Zero. Austin is uh, supportive of the arts, but at the same time, there is a disparity in uh, which 
genres a lot of the venues like to promote shows and like have have host shows so um it's 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 just hard i feel like austin hip-hop is very clicked up and Mm. even when you get on stage a lot of the times you're not making a dime off of it you're really just doing to get your name out there and um that's something i've done like i've done some like cool crowds like not getting paid for it and uh i've kind of decided to invest my time differently since uh well i guess really the pandemic made me like kind of reflect on what i was doing on that note and start focusing on ways that i could get either my own venue or my own shows and uh make the shows lucrative you you were doing open mics at what's that place scratch house house, yes yeah Yeah, scratch house you're doing you're doing open mics there right Yeah, yeah i was doing that for a while yep Shout out Mike D, Weird City Kid. He put me on a lot of shows, a lot of bills. So uh, performing for the Top Golf fam, but also just like a lot of awesome uh, locals. I, Scratch House was a place where everybody networked and all that. So I, it's it's RIP at this point. Yo, that's crazy because that's where I learned how to shoot nighttime photography and like Scratch House. Yeah, yeah. I bro. would just go when they had open decks and just See, mess with the camera. And so be, before I even worked at Top Golf, before. Uh, I knew anybody in Austin, like, I would just go to Scratch House, shake hands, like, spit a verse or whatever. Um, so I miss that place dearly. And I, I feel like there's not a place that's like that really uh, in existence in Austin. Uh, Flamingo Cantina is a really cool place. They, they've they been throwing a lot of hip-hop shows lo- lately. Um, but, you know, it's, it's so clicked up. Like, people put on the people that not that they think are good, but the people who, like will kind of associate with their clique. Or have that clout. Clout, but it's not even like, I mean, it's not even clout-based in my head. But, like, you know, uh, who am I thinking about? I'm not going to say names. Yeah, no, I I get you. but you know what I'm saying? A lot of people just are throwing shows not based off who they think are the best performers, but based off the people that they know, and they don't reach out to people that they think have talent. They just are trying to put people on stage Mm -hmm. uh, because they know they're going to sell anyway. And might as well put all your put your homies on like I get yeah. it I 100% get it but I'm just saying uh, the avenue it's always going to be challenging do you know that person on West 6 that's always rapping what is his name I do. you know what I'm talking about yeah. he's there bro. every time I'm down there he's always there yeah, every time I know. just rapping on the corner so I've done that too yeah and uh, it's the, the games are so yeah I was like he does this like, all the time you're kind of wasting your time I mean I'm every happy weekend, for him, bro. but you never know who you're going to meet walking down the yeah. street so I'm not gonna knock nobody else's hustle. Like, no, he's out there. Like he's and I've like thing. stopped and listened to it, but then I'm just like, dang, like I just see, bro, he's out there every bro. He's been out there at least the last two years since I like been going out and stuff, and I yeah. see him all every time I'm down there. Yeah, and it, he's just rapping. And Would then you like, listen to him, like yeah, he's like, good. Okay, he, yeah, just, like, he's good. But like hard. it just it's just crazy because I'm just like, damn, this man's out here Friday, Saturday night, and then people are just walking past him, and he's just yeah. doing that from like eight to two or damn. whatever the club hours are. He's just there, just doing that. And he's got like his his uh, his name and like he has like tapes and stuff. And that's one of the weird so. things I think about hip hop versus other genres is I feel yeah. like a lot of people who like uh, I think it's called busking, mm-hmm. busking like playing on the street and like putting the hat out. Uh, in other genres, like you can do covers, and so people will stop, know your song, listen to this song, and throw you a dollar, Absolutely. or like love your voice and like put you on YouTube. But when people are walking by and they've never heard the song before, yeah. they're like, "Oh, that was a cool tune," and they'll just keep walking. So yeah. it's a different, it's a different fight. Yeah. Do you think the gains from that are so 
low because people just like they hear it but they just keep on walking like they're not there for that they're there to go to the next bar i think that 100 percent. but also like i've what i'm from san francisco like i've seen a lot of street performers and so i think there are elements of street performance that he's missing as far as like engaging with the people walking by or like he could even plan a couple people like have like two or three people pretending to listen to what he's doing that he just already knows and try to get people to start collecting mm-hmm. so there are like little things that he could do that i think would like benefit maybe, him yeah help him yeah. out a little bit but um what he's doing is is very hard <laughs> that's a difficult thing to do but he's getting stage practice um, I'm sure he's getting a lot of feedback on like what songs people like, what they don't like. So yeah. there's not like no benefit to it. It's yeah. just like on my Saturdays, I'd rather be. Like, That's what I'm saying. saying. Like yeah. he's just out there on a Saturday, and I don't know. Like if I was an artist making music, I'd prefer to be either in a studio or writing or making songs with other people right. than doing that or just actually performing somewhere where you know people are going to come to the venue to listen to music. Fact. You know, Fact. so I don't know. What, I'm saying. what would it take for you to go on a tour? What would it take? A budget? Whether if it's yours, <laughs> whether if it's yours, or if it's, I don't know. It's like, do you listen like to Mike? Open it up for someone. Mike. Yeah. 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 Uh, Shout Mike. That's the guy. Bro, wait, are you talking about like Mike? Period. Yeah. Yeah. He just dropped his new project. The highs. Uh, bro, I've been so uh, good, bro. So, so like, good. I'm saying like, <laughs> if 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 it's yours, or if it's just another artist, I just brought him up because y'all are just kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Um kind of music I'd yeah. like to ask you go on yeah I, I would jump at the opportunity I mean like the numbers have to make sense um but yeah I mean as long as the numbers make sense like I, I'd pack a bag like I'm ready to go as far as tours are concerned um something I've wanted to do for a long time something I'm ready to do uh honestly like part of the goal for this summer is to go on tour so whatever like the bigger the scale the better but um yeah like I'm I'm that was part of the thing of about like you know COVID and being locked up in the house was like I had just dropped Benevolent maybe like a yeah. a week after everything got shut down not knowing we're gonna be in our houses for six months think we were gonna be in it for like you know what I mean a week maybe so uh, the timing on that was off but I never got to do a tour for Benevolent I've dropped a project since then that I haven't got to perform yet mm-hmm. and I just have like material on material that I know I can get a crowd going especially if like they had heard the tunes before, but even if they had it, people would be like, so like, you know, yeah. what I mean? I'm excited about it. But yeah, I want a tour very much so. Would you, because I know some artists would do like half of a tour and some would do like, oh yeah, we'll do the full tour. You think you would be like, could you do like a, what's like an average tour? Like? Average tour is probably like, like 20 shows, 20 to 30 shows. And like probably. what, 25 days? Yeah. Yeah. That would be easy for me. You could do that? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean. And I, I've been through like boot camps, hell weeks. Like, I'll wake up, do it again, do it again. All right, cool, travel, do it again. So. Well, how does, because like going with sports, it's you know how to take care of like my arm hurts. Uh, for baseball, I gotta ice it. Uh, right. My legs hurt. I'm just gonna get some therapy. Like, how do you, how do you like keep your vocals like okay, mm. like throughout the whole, <laughs> like throughout the whole tour? Like, because some people do get like a sore ass throat, and it's like. That's a good question. I've always had at least three to four days between shows. So, I mean, I've heard of, like, different things that people do as far as, like, I mean, warming up your vocal cords is huge. And then there's, like, 
uh, vocal cord strengthening exercises you can do to keep the, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, working an ankle, like I won't roll it if I get it stronger type of thing. And then people do strange things like, I don't know, like gargle olive oil and like all kinds of shit. Just keep it like lubricated. Would you ever be, if it did go out, would you ever be like the type to do like a, um, like lip sync, or would you be like, I, I, I just can't go? Like, are you for lip syncing? Are you against lip syncing? Um, I have mixed emotions about lip syncing. I think there are definitely parts where you have to have your vocals come through. I also understand like being on stage for an hour straight and giving a crowd an entire show with just your vocals is really difficult. So I think you have to. I think people have figured out ways to do the two. I'm old school as far as like my love for entertainment. So I love what James Brown was doing. I love what Michael Jackson was doing. I love what Chris Brown does. I'm like Usher, like I want to see a full show. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want people to half-ass anything. And I don't want to be known for being that type of artist. Like like not throwing shade, but like Lil Baby came on stage and just like spit his ad-libs. You know what I mean? And I get it, you're doing a huge tour. Da, 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 but people who haven't seen you before and maybe will never see you again mm-hmm. kind of want to know what your voice sounds like. I'm sorry, bro. That's like what we came to pay and like what we came here for. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I get that. I, yeah, I, I would want to give every people as much of a show as I can. And if it came to the point where I lost my voice, I'm sure I'd have to talk to whoever, whatever creatives have been there and experienced that before to see what it is I have to do to like give people a good show. But at the end of the day, I want people to know that I was consistent about giving a show, and I was there for them. So, so earlier you were talking about how you record all your own beats, do all your own writing. Um, so I got kind of two questions for you. Um, I guess the first one would be, uh, would you ever write for other people? Or have you wrote for yeah. other people? Yeah, I would and have 100%. Um, I just enjoy writing, and like I said, I have hours and hours and hours of songs in the log that some of them I would give to somebody tomorrow if they really wanted it. I really don't have a problem with sharing things and like, you know, I, I don't really need credit for every single track. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the satisfaction of knowing people liked what you did. So Yeah. And then I guess too, like, how do you feel about being independent? Like he just asked you about Mike, who's one of my favorite artists this past year too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like how he's like all independent, does everything on his own. Right. Um, so like, is that kind of like the wave you want to be on or would you sign to get put on and then do that kind of so, how he did? So I, at the end of the day, I want the rights to all my masters. I want mm-hmm. to do like, as far as my career goes, um, if I had shown, uh, if my resume was strong enough where somebody would be like, hey, over these next two years, I want to make money off you and you will push you on. But like, we want da, 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 like whatever the numbers worked out mm-hmm. to me, I've thought about like, I would consider some type of like mentorship situation with okay. somebody who's part of a, a label okay. or something like that. I think that could work out cool. But at the end of the day, I want to be completely independent and I've, there's too many success stories and horror yeah. stories for yeah. anybody uh, to want to be signed to a label. I feel like at this yeah. point. So that's a common thing now. Yeah. Um, like, a lot of people will make, like, Tory Lanez, uh, off of recent memory, Tory Lanez, Logic, that they both were in deals, and they both just put out put out mixtapes or albums that weren't even that great just to get out of their deals. Yeah. They just wanted to get out. And, yeah, and, and it's I don't just want like, to put in that position. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't want people to tell me, like, 
oh, you can't put this song out because it's like off brand, but it's like, I am my brand. What do you mean? Yeah. Like, or uh, I have this, I, I envision this project being released in the winter, but like, oh, we can't do anything for you till next summer. Like, that's not a situation I ever want to put myself in. So. That's the shitty part, too, because they do control you at that point. And, exactly. too, just if you're like signed to a big label, I'm trying to think like maybe it's uh, either Atlantic or. Uh, quality control one of those but they have like all these artists on there and it's just like you get say like for example if like little baby is on your label but you're like good but like you have to like wait you know what i'm saying it's 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 one of those things like you could have a project completely done press run everything released ready to go yeah. that someone like little baby gonna any like artist that's not like a superstar yet but they're like close little uzi like mm-hmm. they're gonna get priority you know so it's like you're always gonna be in that shadow yeah yep. i mean too. The late great MC Hustle, like somebody I really looked up to, studied, like we're trying to have some black ownership, entrepreneurship, like it doesn't make sense to be, you know, mm-hmm. super like to tie down to that level and just like nah. <laughs> it's right. not really gonna happen. But I mean on the short term, like one year two thing, like I don't know, that'd have to sound right, but that's the only thing I'd be like kinda open to. Yeah. So you really take inspiration from like Mike, uh Mike, Russ uh, Larry June, mm-hmm. uh, people like that. Since they're like just straight independent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, Chance really blew the chance too. Down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Chance. But like, yeah. Ever since he did his thing, I feel like everybody's like, "Wait, what? Like, I could do that? Like, oh, that's what the check looks like when it's all mine? Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Do you think it's harder? One hundred percent harder. I mean, Chance is. Chance is a weird story because he still doesn't get radio play, but somehow everybody knows who he is. Yeah, I then he but then he signed like something exclusively with Apple with like the coloring book, isn't it? Like because people are like that sounds about right. Because people were saying like he's like not independent. Like it, mm-hmm. people were saying like he was an industry plan or something like that. But I'm not sure like really the story. But I do know I saw like there was like reports of him signing like a million dollar deal with Apple, and that's why it was like all over. The coloring book. I mean, that'd be something that you'd have to research. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, people say Russ was an industry plant. Yeah, exactly. They always say that. I mean, I do think there are certain people that are industry plants. Like, I would say, like, Lil Nas X is for sure one. But, like, I don't know. It just kind of depends on what you would consider that to be. So, now I have a two-part question for you. Okay. Who are your top five rappers right now? And who are the top five artists you listen to? Top five rappers, like what are we saying? Like it could be all time, or it could be right now. Your choice. <clears throat> no particular order. No particular yeah, no order. particular order. Uh, Lil Wayne, Drake, Kanye, J Cole, and then now there's this is our <laughs> one because there's so many that deserve that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, for me though, based off who I listen to, like number of plays, I'd have to say like Andre, three mm-hmm. stacks, three stacks. Yeah, yeah. Good top five. Yeah, yeah. Who are the top five you listen to? It's almost the same exact thing. Really, Billy? You don't you don't like float through different genres? Or, like I listen to them just as much as I listen to like J Cole. I mean, I so. I get obsessed with projects, so I listen to somebody's yeah. album over and over and over again, and then, um, but I can't like really put their name in the same category. You know what I mean? Like Chance the Rapper's one of those people. Like I listen to Acid Rap, I can't tell you how many times, and Ten Day, 
But mm. like, I don't think he deserves to be in the same category. Uh, no offense. <laughs> no, I no, I understand that. You know what I mean? For sure. And um, yeah, bro. There's there's so many people. I grew up. A, a, I listened to a lot of Fifty Cent too. Um, on the new age, I would say Juice is my. Yeah, favorite. I was about to ask. Um, I love Juice. Me too. Yeah, and then like, uh, what X was doing experimentally and like how he was pushing boundaries, like that was beyond commendable. And like, I let, so I was listening to a lot of X for a little bit. Um, who else? But yeah, is there an artist? Ask me about an artist. Do you like your bread? Trippy? Mmm. Mixed emotions about Trippy. Really? Yeah. I feel like he he found a sound which was dope. And I love his sound. I think he's starting to follow a formula. And I think his mm-hmm. latest project, I'm not really the biggest fan mm-hmm. of. But he has some trash where I'm like, that's, it's, I mean, that will be considered timeless. Like, I'll listen to it when I'm 50 years old. 100%. He has some good records. I mean, I, I, I kind of listen to the same artist as you saw. So yeah. Because like yeah, my, yeah, my favorite is, like, J. Cole. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's my favorite. I get you. Um, at this point, I think he's my favorite ever. Because he used to be Tupac. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, J. Cole takes the crown. See? Yeah, um, a lot of people in the Bay will be mad at me for not saying pop. But it's okay. Hey, to each their own, you know? Three artists you listen to, like, outside of hip-hop a lot? Like, I know you probably predominantly maybe listen to hip-hop based yeah, off what you said. Yeah, I mean, said. one name I didn't really say is Lauryn Hill. I listen to a lot of Lauryn Hill. Uh, and then, like, completely outside of the realm of hip-hop? Yeah. That's a hard one. I listen to a lot of hip-hop. <laughs> I listen to Kirk Franklin. That's a random <laughs> Um And... No alternative sounds? Because, like, I feel like your music can, like... So, off, off alternative, yeah. I like songs more than I like people. Like, okay, I, got I you. I can't name one alternative li- uh, album I've listened to from front to mm, back. Okay. Which is sad to say, but it's it's pretty true. Uh, MGK's had some dope songs lately. Yeah. In all honesty, but anything Travis Barker touches is gold. So yeah. If he's the drummer, Travis Barker, let's throw that out there. Cause that man, I, I, I promise, if I could work with Travis Barker, we'd have some some bangers. But like, yeah. He has the he's fucking magic. Like yeah. Titus, like that shit's cold. But yeah. Oh yeah. That's uh, dope. Do you do you ever listen to Chill Hop or guess Lo-Fi? I have, yeah. I like lyrics on it, um, and there's some artists that are in that that realm that I listen to. Um, but yeah, I, I I had I didn't mention Smino. I listened to a lot of Smino. Smino is cold. Yeah, yeah. Real cold. Uh, I mean, people out of Atlanta, I usually trend yeah. like like. I mean, <laughs> I have faith listening to a lot of Gucci and uh, Let's See the Genesis and like Migos and all that. So. My guy I was in a lot of Migos for a while too. Yo, I think everybody did. Everybody, they're did. called, bro. Yeah, everybody yeah, did. Exactly, they're one of those groups. My guy from Atlanta is a Gunna. Future, Future. I love Future, Future and Gunna are like, yeah. Bro, he's so toxic though. Young Thug, <laughs> hey, <laughs> he is. Hey, hey. Everything he says is like, he's for us. You know, he what I'm plays saying? the role well. He does <laughs> he play the role us. well. He's for us. Yeah, he plays the role well. Whenever they did you wrong, hey. On that future. That's true. He, yeah. he created a character for himself. Exactly. He he's he's the it. villain and like he embraces it and like I mean it's yeah. it's 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 his thing. You did know? you hear his last what song? What about the kids, bro? No, <laughs> man. Uh, did you hear his last song? Which one? Uh, it's called like Worst Day. Worst it's like day. about it's about Valentine's Day. Oh, <laughs> that's toxic. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's actually, it's so toxic, it's comical. It's funny. Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny. funny. See, it's yeah. where we live in. Because the hook is like, <laughs> uh, Valentine's Day is the worst day for me because it got too many to please. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I know you're going to get mad at me for saying this. I think I think Drake's one of the, the best artists of this generation. He, no, he is. For, for, for sure. me, he's, the, he's probably the best artist of the generation, but he's not the best rapper. Of this agree. generation, best rapper. I get you. I get you. Um, because for, for me personally, rap wise, um, f- I would have to throw a top four because I couldn't throw, throw a top three. Mm-hmm. Um, but J Cole, Kendrick, Kendrick, Gunna, how do you, Gunna okay, no. and, and, and Thug? <laughs> Kendrick made it easy to forget about Kendrick because yeah, he doesn't music. make music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah. I feel bad for not mentioning Kendrick because he's. What? But like at the same but time, it's like he has that effect, like, you know. Like yeah. he he'll drop a song and you'll feel it. You'll be like, damn, yeah. he he's right here. Yeah. Like he's still here. Like exactly. <laughs> don't forget about me. Okay. Also, Childish Gambino. Yeah, um, growing nice, up, but, but growing up because of sure. the internet. Yeah. That, no, that, that project was wild. That, yes, not even just as a musician, as an artist as a whole. Yeah, yeah. like he's so slept, he's slept on. I, I never watched it, but his show um, Atlanta, like I heard that was fire. fire. One of, I know he's a fire so comedian. You should watch it so <laughs> soon. I know he's a fire comedian. Yeah. 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 Well, not only that, he signed a deal with Amazon to produce like five exclusive Amazon movies or whatever, like produce and direct or something like that. He's one of those people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just he's like, like a Jamie Foxx, like, Catalyst. Yeah. Yeah. Fox is like do it that. all. Do it all. Do you like Jack Harlow? I do. Yeah, I do yeah. too. I, I yeah. think he had one of the best like debut albums ever. That, that that is so far. <laughs> He's like super smooth, like yeah. But he, I mean, he he rubs me as like the product of Drake. I do, yeah. He definitely gives off that, like yeah, yeah. He for sure. But he, I mean, he does it well. He has that and formula. Like, I I love the fact that like you could watch his like old videos, like mm-hmm. I'm in the hallways in middle school, yeah. high school, and like see how far he came. So for that, yeah. I applaud him because you know he put work. <laughs> you know he put work in. Yeah, but. Yeah, he he could put out a track for sure. Yeah, he makes good music, real good music. Oh, I I don't really listen to him like that. I, I, I've gotten bad recently of like, because I still haven't heard Corday's new song, new album. I, that came out a minute ago, and I still haven't heard yeah, like it. Like a month ago. And I got flowers too. That everybody loves that project. Yeah, I love Corday. Corday's nice. Yeah. So, so I've listened to tracks on it, not the whole thing for that. And then also uh, the other person who I feel the same way about is Tyler the Creator, like. He can put out a good project song, da 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 da. But I haven't really <clears throat> given as much time as I feel like I should have. Uh, I saw him as Tyler the Creator. I saw South by Southwest, and he was one of the best live performers I've I've seen in a long time. Like spit his own lyrics, mm-hmm. sang all the shit from the heart. Like, he's cold. He was over here using this prop, over here using that prop. Like yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was a good show. Who were some of your biggest inspirations? Uh, a lot of the people I already named. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess like outside of music, like you have any inspirations outside of music? Outside of music, kind of said Kobe, uh, his mentality. I think honestly, uh, Steph Curry, because mm-hmm. I feel like my approach to music is very similar to her, his in that um, just off like off looks and all that. No one would expect to see like numbers or stats or see anything from me uh, the same way his athletic build nobody expects to see anything from him babyface assassin exactly but what he was able to do by just spending time in the gym speaks for itself 
And so I think I'm taking the same approach to music. And um, so he's one of my great inspirations because, like, if you just watch an interview uh, of him, like, if, say, because I write music daily, right? Mm -hmm. So I could go five days without, five, six days without writing a song that I even remotely like. And so when that happens, I'll go back, listen to a, a Steph Curry interview talking about shooting slumps. And, like, that'll get me out of my fog. Like, whether or not I like the song the next day, I'm well aware of the fact, like, hey, yo, it happens. Mm -hmm. But you know you can make great music, so why second-guess yourself? If you know it's a shot you can make, take the shot every time. So uh, him, uh, Michael Jordan... I watch a lot of NBA, so that's like those are. Well, I was gonna say I'm glad you brought up Steph Curry. He is one of the few people I know that is a Golden State fan from like the beginning. This man was yeah. going to the games yeah. when they were ass. Yeah, Jason Richardson, Monte Ellis, Baron uh, Davis, Baron Davis squad. We believe season that was crazy. I was yeah, building at Oracle. Yeah, it was it was good times. And so my uncle uh, used to work for the Warriors. Okay, so we had season tickets when nobody wanted to see see him. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, to see where we're at now, it's like being a Bulls fan back in the 90s, but mm -hmm. it's a ride. My win again this year. Hey, fingers crossed. Like, I don't know. My win again looking, this year. We're looking spooky. We're looking dangerous. My boy put a 50 in the All-Star game last year. Yeah, night. he wasn't missing. He, had, he made 16 threes, bro. Oof. Crazy. Scary. And when he, <laughs> when, he, when he comes back with that confidence, too, that he's carrying with Clay back, with Dre back, Watch out. Hey, Wiggins. Yeah. Yeah. Got a little hey, squad. It's going to be nice. Yeah. Um, I think that'll pretty much wrap it up for me. Do you have any questions for us? Bro. Uh, so, I, I feel like you, uh, well, off off screen, we kind of talked about the fact that you guys are coming up with like, and like growing it. Yeah. I guess I would ask like, what's the, the overall vision for where you're taking what you're doing? Um, basically, I guess we never really we always we started it off as a podcast. If people don't know, but as we've kind of you know went through the last couple of years, um, there's just more to it that we want to do. Especially the people we we've met, like people like you, uh, people like our friends in, in Phoenix, people here. Mm -hmm. um, we definitely think we can do more to it than have podcasts and like having CJ shout out Park Card Talks. Hey. Um, just having like all these umbrellas of content for people to watch because we don't want to be put in a box like we don't want to be called a opinionated podcast but then want to go shoot like a challenge or like a vlog or like do game shows or anything of that nature and then it's like breaking what the name is so if we change the name everything still fits under it and we can still do everything right but it gives us way more freedom and i gotcha. think that's kind of like the the vision we me and him both see and albert see for it so and to piggyback off him before this whole thing even started um I told him like that was kind of like my overall goal that I like wanted was just like to do something of that like any medium realm type thing and to like see it now come to fruition is and seeing it like it's there for us to grab it's it's nice it's dope and it's it's exciting um, and also scary at the same time yeah I mean it's, it's dope to see how far you've already come like all the things that you're doing I'm telling you guys I'm proud of y'all uh, last question would be how many hours a week do y'all actually spend like watching sports or like looking at stats or like sports shows or anything like that? Man, uh, I'll let him go first. Uh, me, not so much. I kind of ever since ever since I went to go work uh, for Vivint, I kind of fell off watching sports, and then uh, COVID happened, and 
sports didn't seem like the same to me. And like that year, just like I was like, this, I don't know, it just yeah. felt different. The bubble year, and everything. yeah, the bubble year, the MLB like World yeah. Series, the Dodgers, yeah. the only playing sixty games, and like, like if there's not enough players, you got to cancel the game, like stuff like that. I was like the rescheduling yeah. with the NFL. It's like I don't know, it just it kind of like pushed me away. Um, but I, I'm slowly but surely now that I have like a set schedule for work and everything, yes. um, it's a lot easier for me to watch sports. Um, but I, <clears throat> I open my ESPN app and like read headlines, look at scores. Um, the biggest thing that gets me into sports is college baseball. I'm a big college baseball guy. Season just started um, this past weekend. So Texas played, they swept, they ranked number one in the country, and like always keep up with them. And then. I would just see what everybody else is doing. Um, so like that's a that's a that's a big thing that I keep up with, and that just kind of gets me um, into into sports. Another big sport that um, another sport that I'm like big on now is like F1, mm-hmm. uh, Formula One. Their new season's about to start. They're having brand new cars, um, some brand new drivers on different teams, so it's exciting. Uh, I love going to the races. Well, I've only been to one, but like I went to the races past season at Coda, and it's just I want to go again. So it's like I keep up with that sport now, but it's. I fell off a lot, but I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm I'm back to where I was at. Right, and that's even like for me, like I I appreciate all the sports, kind of like how Carlos was saying, and just even like I'm trying to get into hockey, like I'm trying to watch everything for the most part, or at least keep up with it, because I mean, I just appreciate greatness, like just because someone like just because a sport someone doesn't watch a sport doesn't mean it's not good, you know. So I, I try to keep up and educate myself on other sports. And then normally, like, I work from home a lot, and then, or if I'm in the office, I turn on Fox, so I'll listen to, like, Undisputed or, like, uh, Colin Cowherd, The Herd, and I just will listen to that. And since they show it every day, I get a lot of my news from them, and then I just formulate my own opinions on it. Because a lot of the times, all three of, the, all three of those people, Skip, Shannon, and Colin, all have very different opinions. And a lot of times, I agree with them. A lot of times, I don't. But it's very... It's just nice to have that informative information. And for me, they just do it better because ESPN, it's like very – ESPN is like too commercialized for me. Mm-hmm. Like Fox, like Skip and Shannon really have like their own opinions and like they're just straight up. Colin is like probably like some of the most off-the-wall opinions, but I also like him so much because he acknowledges every time when he's wrong. Or like he'll do stuff on his show that is very like unique Mm-hmm. He, like one time he like had the quarterbacks and he did like tender with the quarterbacks like slight rights so, like he does stuff like that other sports shows don't do so and he has guests that these other shows don't do so that's why I like him too so I kind of keep up with them and then just um, like he said keep up with the scores and stuff like that and um, we always keep up with like kind of pop culture like we'll do like the let's make it quicks and stuff like that for like right. shorter content that's maybe not really sports related maybe like video game or maybe music or something like that to kind of, you know, broaden our audience, stuff like that. So that's kind of like, at least from our knowledge. For for the hours part though, it's an everyday thing. (laughs) It's honestly because we'll text each other like, we should do this, we should do this. Uh, Let's make an uh, LMIQ tomorrow. It's going to be about this topic. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need to make an LMIQ today. It's going to be about this topic. Stuff like that. So just for us, same as it's an everyday thing. We might not be recording, but it's at least getting talked about with an idea or something that's going to happen or something that's going to – we have to do. In the last two years, too, like honestly, like there was a lot of, you know, we just had a lot of conflicts and stuff. So what I've had to learn is like – 
for example, like Albert, he's always using a camera or he's editing or he's learning something. Like that's a lot of stuff we didn't do. Mm-hmm. And it needs to get to the point where we kind of got to record every day or at least something or like edit every day because so much stuff happen- happens and we just miss a- miss opportunities, you know. Um, kind of like how when it comes to like when you were talking about writing and recording and stuff like that, I was just like, we just got to do it too, reps. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it, it doesn't take long for us to set up a camera and record a five to ten minute video. Like if we're doing that and we're ahead of the game, then that's how we're going to get to where we want to be. So we got to like kind of get in that mindset now. Now we've been consistent for two months, and so now it's like we're trying to ramp up, True. try mm-hmm. to post more and, then, and all that. I don't think uh, it was necessarily conflict. I think it was just lack of communication. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> that lack of communication. And then we were also just too like we were all trying to become friends like again. And to clarify too, like even when I don't use the camera or edit, like I found hobbies that still help me become creative. So like yeah. I love watching anime. Yeah. And like anime has actually inspired some yeah. of my like cuts that I make. Yeah. And not only that, like just watching movies. Mm-hmm. And so yes. like, when I don't want to stare at a screen as far as like being up close mm-hmm. and I just want to like kick back, mm-hmm. I'm still watching something to help. Yeah. Like, studying film. Me yeah. too. Exactly. <laughs> studying too. film. Like I watch like the Simpsons a lot and I watch like uh like adult cartoons a lot and then I watch like surfing, any like outdoor board sports. That's kinda like how at least for me, I get my creativity from I don't know really where you get yours from, I guess. I've to be honest, I've always just been a creative person. Like I've always just been able to <laughs> just like this. No. Yeah, I've always just been able to uh, just think of different ideas or different ways to go about it. If it's a problem, I'm able to like look at it and like help you solve it. If it's like I don't know why you should be a plumber, like I would be able to like oh this is going this way. We got to get this to go this way. I'm like oh why don't we just do this this and this. Mm-hmm. Um, just a problem solver and just a visionist and. That's kind of where I've always, I don't know, I've just, I feel like I've just always been like a, a visionist, a creative person. Gotcha. Um, and then my one of my biggest inspiration is, a, uh, his name is Hex. He's a, a, a owner of Optic Gaming, which is a video, um, I mean, a gaming organization. But just kind of what he does, I, I do piggyback off him a lot, but with my own, with our own twist. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of that creativity comes from that, too which I'm not afraid to admit either because nothing that you do today is going to be natural. Like, everybody's piggybacking off of every, somebody. Right. So. Yeah. Absolutely. I get that. Mm-hmm. Word. Uh-huh. It's been mm-hmm. fine. Do you, have, do you have anything else? Nah. Just saying thank you again, honestly, just for everything. Like, it, it means a lot, too. To especially, especially put stuff full circle. Like, I mean – People don't know, just like behind the scenes, you helped us a lot. You know, even just coming up with logo ideas, drawing something for us real quick. We still have that one you made. <laughs> yeah, and I honestly, like, we still have. So, it. like, we got that sent, like, short story. We got that sent off to get made into a logo, and it came back. Like, Carl's had really curly hair at the time, so I was like, make Carl's hair curly. I wear a lot of hats, and then I was like, give me a hat. So that was kind of like what we were doing, like logo wise. Carl's, Carl's, and Albert really don't like it, but I think there's something sentimental to me about it. Like, I think. Because, like, regardless of what they think, mm-hmm. the fans or, like, the audience, I think we could do something with it. Like, make it a sticker. Like, something cool, you know? Right. Like, it'd be something like, what is this? Like, oh, it's the OG, like, <laughs> no, like one of one logo. Like, we only got, like, 20 stickers made. You got one, you got one. Like, I don't know. Right, right. Like, to me, I've always been a creative person, too. But I'm, like, I'm in my own vision. Like, I'm, I'm going to be, like, yeah, like, there's you can do something with something. No matter what. Like, yeah, yeah, make it just because you don't think it, like, that doesn't mean it's a, it's a failure. You know what I'm saying? True. So, Everyone's yeah, got their yeah exactly. So I was like, I mean, I don't know. People think stuff like stuff like that's cool. So, 
I, I actually have one last question for you, David. Yeah, or on? Kuna. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, as someone who is either finding their passion in something creative, what is something that you wish someone would have told you to start doing from the jump that you were like, you know what, this this helped me grow as a creative? Um, so I think one thing that uh, I learned from this book, it's called The Artist's Way. It was recommended by J. Cole in an interview, and I wish I had either seen that interview first or found it before J. Cole did. It was just talking about how, like, especially for creatives, uh, a lot of things that we don't really birth or, like, uh, feed into are things that our filter is stopping us from creating. So, like, there's a part of your mind that tells you something's not good enough before you're even finished completing what it is. And... Um, and a lot of what you're creating isn't even for you. So just finish it, and there will be value in finishing it, first of all. And second of all, you don't know what it's going to mean to you down the road. So stop, I guess, aborting things before they come uh, to term. And then secondly, like uh, a good way to realize what's your filter and uh, what is... Um, your true voice is to write morning pages. So the creative way was talking about how we, as creatives, keep ourselves from actually finishing things. And you can actually recognize what part of it, uh, what part of your brain is um, creating and what part of your brain is telling you that's not good enough. And um, in the morning, uh, that filter wakes up 20 minutes after you do. So if you wake up and you write, uh, this is a practice I still do to this day, is you just journal and then um, as you're journaling, your first few thoughts will just be like pure. You'll just be writing things, writing things. Like as they come to your head, it's almost like you're daydreaming still. And then uh, as that thing starts to wake up, you'll start to think about what it is that you should write. And it will, it will just give you a, a peek into, uh, I guess, your own head and like what you can do with creative freedom versus uh, limiting yourself with your uh, own, I guess, criticism. That's something I would have thought, yeah, hope to learn earlier. A lot of that reminds me of, uh, do you know who Rick Rubin is? I do. Yeah, like I follow him on Instagram and he posts quotes just like that every single day. Like one post, he'll leave it up for 24 hours and then he'll archive it or delete it and he'll repost another one. I send him, I've been sending him in a group message you haven't had social media, but I send him to Albert now individually. Like I sent him one today about like editing. It was like, you edit something and it has five mistakes and you think it's, it's um, not perfect. And then you see another edit and has eight mistakes. It's perfect. So it's like, it's exa <laughs> that's exactly like what it is. You know, like it's yeah. always going to not be up to your standard, but sometimes you just got to let it fly out there Absolutely. and just see. That's like, that's what art, that's what art is, yeah. you know? Exactly. So that part. But yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, can we expect anything soon? Working on a project. So uh, yeah, these next, past two months I've been writing uh, March will be all about mixing mastering all that type of good things and then April 2022 uh, I think I know the name of the project but I don't want to say it until I'm absolutely For sure, sure about it uh, but yeah April April of this year I'll have another at least eight song project coming out um, oh, all summer shows uh, all year shows so that's that's probably the biggest thing I'm focused on this year is uh, creating a an, a true fan base. Yeah, following that will, like we can meet yeah. in person and like meet and greet. And now that we're out, like 
free from our houses, we can go do some things. So let's do some things. You know what I mean? For you. Yeah. Um, I guess in the description down below, we'll put just Kuna Lakai, and y'all can go search him up on Apple and, and, and Spotify. Uh, Instagram's a little tricky yeah, right now. We got we'll some. Get it, we'll get back. Yeah, yeah, we got some technical difficulties. <laughs> technical difficulties on Instagram right now, but um, yeah. his name will definitely be down below in the description. Find and me on MySpace. Yeah, find him on MySpace. <laughs> uh, y'all go search him up. Listen to his music. Um, like I said, my favorite song is Pierre by him. Um, yours is. I'm not sure. I mean, I like. I just he has a, he has a lot of stuff. It just kind of depends on the mood. Mm-hmm. I don't really with any artist. I really don't have a favorite song. Because, I mean, music is very, like, ebb and flow. It's like okay, what you feel. Dior. That Dior. video is so hard. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but check him out. Check out his YouTube um, videos. Um, yeah, yeah. Give my boy a follow. Again, appreciate you for coming on. It's Bro, been long overdue. And yeah. tell you what, this this won't be the only time you'll be on. After this year, after you go on tour, we'll have you back on, talk about the tour life. You know what I'm saying? Nice yeah. to be here. I'm excited for that conversation. Cause uh, be like, that'll be cool. We'll have a yeah. whole bottle of champagne. Exactly. Right here Hopefully in a, yes, sir. another spot, too, maybe. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> future's, future's exciting for the both of us. Future's exciting for both of us. Yeah, yeah. But that'll do it for your boys over here at Opinionated. And we'll catch y'all guys next time. Peace. Peace. I'm in a trash and going to scream. I swim with the trout. People are busy. She acting picky. She wearing juicy.